On this episode of The Mompreneur Show, I'm talking with Brooke Saxon Spencer. She's a wife to her college sweetheart and mom of three children and the founder and editor of Belong Magazine. How beautiful is this? And those of you who are listening to the show on the podcast, I'm sorry you won't see this, but Belong Magazine is absolutely beautiful. This is their... um, Issue number six, their issue number seven is going to be in Barnes and Noble online on Wednesday. So issue seven this Wednesday. So I'm really, really excited today uh, for it. And I know I'm going to totally run to Barnes and Noble and grab issue seven because it's now my absolutely favorite, favorite, favorite magazine. So on the show today, Brooke will share her incredible entrepreneurial journey, which I know so many of you will relate to, as well as how to find your heart's work. If you found it, or if you're looking for your heart's work, this episode is absolutely for you. I'm your host, Vicky Lashenko, and this is the show that helps you win in business without losing at home. But before we get into the show, I would like to thank two wonderful companies for making this show possible. One of them is Made On. It's an all-natural brand of skincare chaps and hard lotion. It's run by a husband and wife team and they make natural skincare that has as little as three ingredients. And it helps people with cracked and dry skin, some, maybe even eczema. So head on over to hardlotion.com and when you add the items that you'd like to your cart, just hit in the uh, type in the coupon code Vicky, V-I-C-K-Y and that will get you $5 off your whole purchase, which is a really good deal because they're um, their products are very reasonably priced. And another company I'd like to thank is Audible. And it's an incredible company that hosts hundreds of thousands of audiobooks that you can listen to in the car, on the go, or while washing the dishes like I do and get your free 30-day trial with a book. So you can actually go on audible.com forward slash Vicky and get your free book that you can listen to on the go. And it can be any book that out of um, the Audible library. So thank you again so much for being here. I am so, so happy that you're here. Let's get into the show. Hey, Brooke, welcome to the show. Thanks so much for having me. Oh my goodness. It is so good to have you. Such an honor. I've been a huge fan of your work and I honestly, I don't know, I guess I don't follow as closely as I should because um, I didn't realize that you sold your magazine in Barnes & Noble. And then about a month ago, I walked in and I was just browsing, you know, having the cup of, a cup of coffee, just really chilling because I had too many things on my mind. And I came across this beautiful, just absolutely beautiful copy of Belong magazine. I was just like, wait a minute, I know this magazine. I follow them on Instagram. They're amazing. They're, I mean, the, the people that you have to contribute to this magazine are absolutely incredible. Like, I'm just absolutely in awe and I'm so thankful that you're here. And I would love if you can share your journey with us because your journey is of course, unlike any other people's journey, it's your own and it's very fascinating and it has its bumps in the road. And I love how you how open you are about really sharing actually how things happen, not as we hope that they how they would happen. So um, thank you again so much, Brooke, and please share us your story. Yeah, I'm so excited to be here and to share a bit. Um, you're right. It's, it's not traditional, just like everybody has a very unique story. And I think that, you know, it's really great and important to remember that 
um, our stories are unique and that they're, they're valuable and they're valid and they're important on their own. Um, but so yeah, belong started actually started as a magazine just about a year and a half ago was when we launched and we, that's the Royal Lee. It, when I launched it, um, Belong is still a one-man team. I do have a designer that helps me and a couple of lovely interns slash volunteers that do a few things. But for the most part, it's all me. So I'm right there in the same boat with so many of the rest of, of your audience and um, of this tribe of women who are really out there trying to, to make their dreams happen, to try to find the, you know, what their, their, their hearts what makes their hearts sing and, and find their life's work. And um, I started my career of almost 20 years ago in healthcare, wow. working for my family's business. And um, my education was in photography, graphic design, and creative writing. But when I had the opportunity upon graduation to get a, like a real job, um, it was a little harder than I'd anticipated. And so I started working for my family doing marketing in a, in a healthcare setting. And I just kind of stayed and it was great. I loved it. And I loved working with my family. But a few years ago, we moved from the Midwest to Southern California and I was able to bring a lot of my work with me and I loved it and I enjoyed it. But my family decided about a year ago that actually decided about two years ago, that they were going to be selling the business. And um, I don't know about the rest of you, but it's like, you know, especially as a family business, like I never envisioned that I wouldn't have that job. Like it was, I I mean, just as a silly example, I didn't use any other email address other than my work email address. Like that was it. I didn't have another one because like I signed up everything, like everything was under that email. So in my mind, like that was it. That was permanent. It was always going to be there and it was safe for me. I was able to keep an income coming in living in Southern California is not cheap. Mm. And um, it was, and like I said, I enjoyed the work because it was for my family and um, healthcare wasn't exactly a field I would ever have chosen, but um, the work was very rewarding. It's not something that I was going to want to do for someone else. Mm-hmm. Um, I, you know, and thinking about, you know, I had, I had some time. It wasn't like I got laid off and, and sent out the door immediately. I had a little bit of time to kind of actually step back and reflect and think about what I might want to do moving forward. Mm-hmm. And, <clears throat> excuse me, and that's when I started, um, I kind of let my imagination go wild, which I know a lot of people don't have the opportunity to do mm-hmm. that, so I was very blessed. But um, I really just started thinking, like, what is it that, what is it that would really not only be fun and rewarding, but what do I feel like, what do I feel like I was meant to do? Like, what is my purpose? Yeah. And uh, during my stint in healthcare, I blogged a bit. I it never really had the, cre- healthcare doesn't really have the creative outlet that yeah. some other yeah. fields do. And I tried my best to, um, to keep that going on the side, you know, doing billing and administrative work isn't exactly Mm -hmm. creative. So I did some blogging and things on the side, but um, I'm an introvert and that translates online as well. For the most part, like you can't just pop up a blog and like people don't just come to you. You actually have to do the work. You have to put yourself out there. So I was very frustrated by all of this thinking, 
you know, well, here, like, I've, I've established this and doing this work, like, you know, as far as the blogging side, and yet I still can't find my people. Like, where are they? And not only that, but where do I go to find them? The internet is just so big. I don't, I don't know. It was basically, I don't know where I belong. Like, I'm not, at that point, I wasn't an entrepreneur. I was just, you know, kind of dabbling in blogging, kind of figuring it out. Mainly, I was doing it to kind of find my people. And I felt really lost and alone in that process. And that kind of stuck with me. And so as I started to revisit the ideas of things that I might um, want to do, the, the idea of the word belong kept coming back to me. Mm. And then pulling back in what my education was about in college, though it was a long time ago, the photography, graphic design, and creative writing piece, when I pulled those together and I thought, okay, what could I use those for and kind of help women find their place like what how can you pull all that together and um yeah I mean you it could have been solely digital or an online thing but there's something for me as a creative about taking some of those online tools and curating them to something that you can hold in your hand as a creative that's really important to me the tactile aspect so that's kind of where belong was born and then logistically I mean it was just okay, well, I already know the name, thankfully, because that sometimes is a journey all on its own, right? Picking a name for your business. Um, I just did a a blog post about choosing a name for your business, like made a worksheet because I just like know so many people struggle with that. And it's like, it's so important and you really need to put time into it. But thankfully, I I felt like I already had that. And um, so it was just like, okay, how do you tackle it? You know, where do you start? which is a question people ask all the time, right? Like, okay, I've got this, and I just did a blog post on this too. I've got this brilliant business idea. Now what? Yeah. Okay. Do you think it's brilliant? Right. Yes. Right. Brooke. Okay. You said, oh my gosh, your story is absolutely beautiful. And there's so many things I can, I can pick at. Um, One of them, which really strikes me is that, and I've heard this before on your other interviews and I love how honestly you just put it out there. It's like you started blogging and you couldn't find your place and you, you couldn't find your people. And, and it's, it's, you're right. I started blogging back in 2010 and it was so hard for me as well. And it's, and I did not do very well in it. I, I, you know, the blog is still alive, but it's, I, I haven't touched it for years, but, but I feel like that journey, us writing that blog, starting, we, oh my gosh, it was such a learning curve. We learned so much. And even though it seems like it's a mistake, like, oh, what did, you know, like a failure, a failure, exactly. It seems like that, but actually it's what really moved you forward to what you're doing now. Okay. So can we talk a little bit about how you found your, the belong magazine, how you found, um, like how you went into your head and put organized all the information, everything that you know, because that is incredible. I love that you went back and you said, okay, what do I have and how can I serve others with what I already know? And so did you go through some kind of worksheet or how did you, I'm so glad that you asked because I, and I think I just got my earphones stuck on my, my shirt. Sorry. Um, the, the tools that I used were really, really helpful. And it just so happened that this all kind of, when I found out that the family was selling the business and I 
I got, it was around Christmas time and I happened to get a whole bunch of books for Christmas that sort of related to this topic. It was very, very strange, but, um, but I'm so thankful. So, um, the book that the one book that really sticks out to me is the book, make it happen by Lara Casey. And then to go with that, she also has created, um, like kind of like a goal organizational system called power sheets and they were life-changing they were game changer for me and really helped me kind of ask myself the tough questions and organize those thoughts and then really basically it's almost like a study in anxiety like okay so if, if you really want x like you know but you're afraid to go for it like what's the worst possible case scenario and what's the best possible case scenario and like and then what's stopping you like and that, is that in the power sheets it's it cut yeah it goes along with the whole philosophy so like you know if, if failure is your biggest fear like what does that look like and it and why it like so for me like even starting belong what's my biggest fear? Like failure. Well, what does failure look like? Well, it looks like creating this magazine and then nobody buys it. Nobody wants it. And I move on to the next thing. What have I really lost? I mean, sure. I've lost some time, but what will I have lost if I don't do it? Well, Mm. I'll never know. Like I'll never know what this thing is. And so, and like you said, with the blogs, like, yeah, I mean, technically like they're gone. The blogs that I did, I did, I think, two different ones they're gone now and and that's fine but I did learn so much and I never would have been exposed to this whole environment it's all part of that journey and so when we say no to those things that kind of intrigue us and that we're interested in moving forward with when we say no to them it's like we're kind of we're turning our back on that journey and it's it's just it's kind of sad there's these opportunities that we're missing and um and this this creative and you know entrepreneurial group of women that we're part of they're for the most part they're extremely encouraging and they don't uh, they don't see these things as failures with us they want to see us continue to use these things as stepping stones and as building blocks along our journey so they're not sitting there thinking she totally screwed that up like it's more like okay well, maybe that wasn't, you know, what's next? Like, what, what, what are you going to do next? Like, so Belong is not going to work as a, as a print magazine, whatever. Like, what's going to be next then on this journey? Like, what did you learn from that that you're going to take forward? And that's kind of with the power sheets. It kind of helped me sit back and think, okay, so I've got these ideas. What's holding me back? Well, that's stupid. Like, what can I do that I can move forward? And maybe like, in a sense, hold it loosely enough still so that like, I'm, you know, but risks are, that's, they're risks for a reason. And, you know, there's no reward without risk. So um, I think that they, those power sheets, they really helped me. um, They helped me Mm -hmm. kind of outline the big goals and then break it down and then break it down some more. And that's really where it's super helpful. And then what you do is once they're broken down into small, small chunks, you realize that, you take one of those chunks at a time and it can lead into slightly different directions. And that's okay. Like, that's okay. The journey doesn't necessarily have to look like what you originally thought it did, but you have to take a step and then the next step and then the next one. And that's what's important is that you just don't sit there and stay there. 
Exactly. Um, I love so, that. Thank yeah. you for sharing, Brooke. And we have some PowerSheet lovers in, in uh, the live audience with us. I know that Olga says, I have those sheets too. Love it. And Olga, I bet Ina introduced you to them because Ina is a huge fan of those PowerSheets. She's the one that told me about it. But I hope to have Laura Casey on the show one of these days. But Brooke, it's so interesting how you mentioned um, about our failures, about our mistakes, and that people actually, like in reality, they don't actually sit there and laugh at you and say, ha ha, she screwed up. They, and we talked about this before we went live. We actually, as human beings, we actually like have a sigh of relief when we see someone screw up or mess up or make a mistake or fail because we're like, okay, good, I'm not the only one. I'm not the only one. Yes. And so I love that. But here's the thing. You are... You, oh my gosh, you are an incredibly vulnerable, like uh, as far as like authentic, authentic, you really share the ups and downs about the magazine, about the real, the entrepreneurial struggles, but where is the balance? Like I, I've been really struggling with that myself as the host of the show. Like I want to make it all pro, look all good and sleek and nice. And you know how like look better than what it actually is or like, you know what I mean? But, and how do we balance like all the mistakes and all the vulnerabilities like, Hey guys, this is like, I'm one main show as well. And this, you know, it doesn't look as cool as actually it is. Like, how do you balance that credibility and the authenticity? That is such a good question. And it is really, really hard. And I think that sometimes we discount the, we think that the authenticity is almost a negative, right? Like, we think, well, by share, it's like by being authentic, we're basically saying that we're sharing um, like the negative stuff. Yeah, yeah. Um, and for example, the other day I hesitated, but I put up a post on Instagram. Um, this is this is another very like authentic moment. So the magazines, they all ship to my house and then they go in my garage. That, like the pallets yeah. are wheeled into my garage and um, then to get them to Barnes and Noble, they have to then be resent and to explain why this is necessary is a long story, but they, let's just say that it's part of the life of a small business owner. They come here first and then I reship mm-hmm. them. And so, but there's three distribution centers for Barnes and Noble. One of them is 20 minutes from my house. Mm-hmm. So why would I ship them 20 minutes? I throw them in my Honda pilot and which is looking really saggy in the back end because magazines are heavy and I drive them 20 minutes away and I pull up to the loading dock of this distribution center, which is intended for semis. And like, I'm waving up from the dock, you know, like, hi, I'm here and I have a delivery. And, you know, they're like, who is this girl? And then, you know, the rest of them are, the rest of the magazines are sitting in my garage. Well, I posted something on Instagram about it, like with a whole bunch of boxes in, you know, in the entrance of my garage, ready for FedEx to pick them up again. And like, that, but I've shared it in the sense of like, here's, here's what it looks like. This is the authenticity of what it is, but I'm sharing this as a win. Like it may look kind of ugly, but look at this. This is a win. This is the life of a small business owner. And I'm celebrating today because I, I had over 4,000 issues of a magazine that I curated. Now, granted it wasn't me. Like the content is, is a collaboration of tons of women. And I'm so honored to be able to, to work with all of them, but you know, it's like something though that you're like, I did this, like I curated this and over 4,000 of these things just showed up at my house and I'm sending them out and other people are going to get them. 
And so I shared it as a win instead of saying like, oh, here's the messy nitty gritty, which it still was. I was like, but I'm celebrating because I don't think that we share the positives. Yes. Like, even though, I mean, it's still pretty, right? Like, it may not look pretty to have 4,000 plus magazines in my garage. I really wanted to share it in the sense of like, this is this is a huge win. And I want to make sure that we celebrate the little victories with one another because so often we're quick to, you know, like I'm quick to say, oh, I'm not perfect. And I, you know, here are where my shortcomings are, which is important as well. It really is. But we're also not real quick to pat ourselves on the back when we've really made it, you know, we've accomplished something. So I think that that's part of the balance is that you gain credibility through, through being authentic, both in the positive and the negative stuff, Mm. like admitting when you're wrong, but also giving yourself credit when you're getting it right. And using that as an encouragement for other people that, not in a, you're not bragging. And again, that's part of the balance, right? Is that if you're also sharing ways in which you're not getting it right, people will take you seriously and celebrate with you when you do get it right. They want to be there for the whole picture, for the whole journey. So it's like those people that you hang around with that are always ragging on themselves. Like it mm-hmm. just gets really old. That's so, so true. When you, with people who are confident when they have reason to be, it makes sense, right? And it's yeah. good. It's positive and like it's encouraging. So I think that um, that that really helps find that balance. And you know, oftentimes you'll see when it's things that people put out that the pictures can look really pretty, but the message is very like the, the picture paints one thing, like it looks one way, but then the message, if you read it, mm-hmm. you'll see a little bit more behind the heart. And I think that yeah. that's also one way that we can keep it looking professional. Yet the voice is still very real, if that makes sense. I love that so much. Because I totally agree. Like, I don't want to mess up my feed with, like, I mean, that's why Insta stories are so great because you can put, like, the crap and it disappears, right? Like, it's gone. Whoops. But, like, and occasionally I'll throw something in that maybe I don't think quite is cohesive. And Instagram is my main focus. That's why I I think of it um, because it's so visual. But I think that often we can use images maybe that are still on point with your brand, but then use, you know, use the message to, to portray something that is more heartfelt. Oh, that is so beautiful. And now I know exactly what you're talking about. I mean, you've been doing that. So many people have been doing that, that I follow on Instagram, but I've never been able to like, duh, Vicky, never been able to like divide the two like you can have that beautifully crafted photo like you can that matches your your feed but the message could say so much about this the the photo it could be like hey five minutes before this this did not look like that or whatever exactly well it's like me showing the magazine like so here's the magazine but here is what it looked like you know like 10 days ago when we almost didn't get it to print because whatever, you know, we didn't have all the pieces together or here's what it took to get here or whatever using the, the, you know, using that opportunity to send an actual message and, you know, you hope people will read it and whatever. I mean, there's, you can't control all of it, but you can try to use those opportunities as, 
as best you can. Oh, absolutely. And Rick, that's beautiful. And you've mentioned some uh, really beautiful quotes, like key takeaways that I will make sure to put in the show notes on Wednesday. So that way we can tweet them because they're so, they're short and concise and so beautifully said. Oh my goodness gracious. Okay. So you totally know what you're talking about. (laughs) Okay. So I want to talk about like the family dynamics. You have three children who are, they're not, you know, they're not in their twenties. They're still at home. They're six. I think you said 10, six, 10 and 14 and 14. I mean, those kids are in need of their mom and you obviously are are providing that love, that attention for them. How do you balance it? How do you balance being a mother of three beautiful children while running this incredible ship? So a couple of things. One is there is no such thing as balance. <laughs> um, I, I, I mean, I will continue to try to find it, but yeah. I think that yeah. it comes down to just like constant choices yeah. and trying to make the best ones. Um, and most of the time it means that you have to choose your family first because you know, family is just it. You know, your kids aren't going to be around forever and they're not going to be this age forever and they do need their mommies. Um, but the other you know, some of the other things that I've found is, you know, an an example of where I'm sitting right now. So I'm sitting with my back to the rest of my house. So I think my kids are going to remember the back of my head more than anything because, because of the fact that I am able to be present to them in other times, like, you know, picking them up from school and they don't have to stay after, which, you know, is fine if they did, but you know, I choose to get them right after school and then they come home, but then they see the back of my head instead of staying after school and doing whatever. But, um, you know, I'm around to be able to drive them places and, you know, make them dinner and do whatever instead of being at an office, which I've done in previous lives. Um, so it's a give and take. Like if, for me to be able to do certain things for them, I have to, like, they're going to have to see the back of my head at other moments. I'm still home with them though. And I think that that that's important to them and also including them in part of like telling them what I'm doing and getting them like, they get super excited when the magazine gets shipped to the house and they get to be part of that. And, you know, like I spend, um, you know, like today is, which you can't see because it's just below the screen line are boxes upon boxes of, of like packing materials and magazines that I'm getting ready to ship out. Cause today is the day that they're getting shipped to subscribers because the next issue releases Wednesday and like um, letting them be part of that and not like keeping them at arm's length all the time. Yeah. So it's not necessarily always a balance, but an inclusion mm-hmm. um, and letting them be part of the belong journey as well. So that, um, and, and it's so fun to hear them talk about it, to talk about what their mommy's doing and telling them like, yeah, basically including them in on the journey and telling them what's going on and yeah. sharing big wins and the bummers and like why mommy's stressed today mm-hmm. and why I'm so excited and celebrating another day and why I'm treating myself to a Manny petty last Friday because doggone it, I got all 4,000 issues in the garage and then 3,000 of them shipped back out and like mommy needs a break. So you know what I mean? Like trying to be open with them and authentic with my kids even that like, I don't have it all together. I don't have it figured out and we're kind of on this journey together. Um, but I want them to be part of it. Mm. Uh, So that's, it's not, like I said, I don't know that 
there's ever really a great way to balance it. Like, well, I'm going to do two hours here and three hours here, but trying to find a way to mesh it together so that not any one thing is getting all of my attention all the time. Mm, Okay. Wow. Thank you so much for sharing that, Brooke. That is that is amazing and the fact that you are including them in your work is so beautiful and that is a huge lesson for me because I don't always include my kids in what I'm doing I do sometimes say like oh guys the show went great today and yay because I know we had some technical difficulties before and it was really hard and and sometimes my kids um do say like mommy did your computer not work today again or something I mean in a very in a childish way as as much as they can comprehend I think it's so important but I feel like I need to do that more and really include them more into yeah, just wait until my six-year-old walks up and then you'll she'll be like oh look I'm part of something oh, that is so <laughs> precious and you know I love that we as moms we can work at home and not freak out about our child being sick from school and having to like find someone else to watch them because we work from home and we give them something to occupy them and we're back at work I mean in our home yeah I love that I love the f- flexibility and freedom that our our careers <laughs> offer yeah. us yes so, Brooke what about the whole the husband I want to do the husband dilemma but it's not obviously husband dilemma but like how how were you and your husband able to communicate this to make this work? Because I don't know if my husband would want 4,000 magazines in his garage. You know what I mean? Like, so what were your conversations like? Um, How did you, um, how did you communicate your dream with him and to get him on board with you? Well, thankfully I have a husband who's extremely communicative we often joke that we like have flipped roles and that I'm usually the one that's like, you know, much more to myself and he talks all the time. So um, we, we talk a lot and the kind, well, going back, I spent 10, well, he, all of his, like the second we had a baby, I literally realized I was not meant to be a stay at home mom. Like, delivery and oh crap what did I do when can I go back to work and it literally almost went just like that and so my husband he was working on his master's and PhD at the time is he's an English professor and so he stayed home he and I worked a schedule where I was either gone three to four days a week out of the house and I worked really long days and then he would go to school and he also taught at the time on the days that I was home. And then my mom was around was at, at that stage in our life. Um, we lived near my, my parents and my mom would be able to help us on a day. So my kids have had their daddy stay home with them for so long that it, you know, he's been, he was the primary caregiver for a really long time. So just a few years ago, we kind of flipped the switch and, um, but we, so we've always kind of been in this mode of having to communicate a lot about like the logistics and things. And then, um, you know, and then we totally flipped our lives upside down a few years ago when we switched positions and he was the one with the full-time job and I was the one working at home. But being a professor doesn't mean that you have to be on campus at school all day, every day. So he, he works from home a couple of days a week. And now that our kids are all in school, it gives us a lot of time together which can be great. It also can be a severe distraction. 
but um, we talk a lot. I think we have the opportunity to have a lot more conversations than most married couples do, especially without our kids around because of that. And, um, and he has a lot of unique perspectives having been a stay at home dad for so long. So he's very, in a sense, I guess you could say he's sort of open minded to like, well, let's see how we, I mean, we figured things out before, how can things, you know, get figured out again. And, um, and I think he really saw when we were talking about, you know, what the possibilities were for me moving forward in a new career. Um, he knew that I didn't want to go work for someone else, nor did he really want me to be working out of the house full time because that would add so much pressure to our family. So when this idea came up, he was kind of like, huh, let's do it. Let's just do it. So I didn't really have to do a lot of convincing. Um, but I think that just says something about the fact that we're just, we have a lot, like we're communicating a lot anyway. So he, there's, it's not like I just came in one day and I was like, I have this idea. Can Let's do it. You know, I mean, we were, he was part of the whole process and he continues that. to be, and he continues to be like such an incredible support. I'm really, really fortunate. Um, but I mean, but he still is a reality check because he'll often say like, okay, I don't think you're thinking of this from the right perspective. Like you're not treating this like a business. You're not. And, and he, you know, sometimes it's not fun to hear those things from your husband, especially like you're not the one doing it. What do you know? You know, but, um, he often offers some really great insights as far as like my time management or the fact that I'm not spending enough time with our kids or, just encouraging me and reminding me that, you know, I'm doing the best that I can. And um, so he, he is really great. And I, I wish that everyone was as blessed as I am to have a husband that's just so open and willing and supportive. I know that's not always the case, but um, the communication thing is really key. Wow. Thank you so much for sharing, Brick. And yes, you're so blessed. And um, I'm so thankful for my husband because I feel like, he offered like what you shared about your husband offering some really interesting insights. My husband's the same way. Like he'll be like, he is, I was like, honey, once I can officially bring you home and so you can, we can both work on this thing. You're going to be my, my financial officer because you do all that finances stuff. And he's a great, he's, he's always telling me, babe, well, you have to listen to your manager (laughs) referring to himself. Yes. Exactly. I love that. And we have board meetings all the time. You know, I mean, the logistics of business or, you know, once you establish the LLC, like there's, yeah. you want to make it seem legit and real. So yeah. we try to take notes in like minutes when he like comes in, we're like, wait, we need to be writing this down because then we can put it back in like, you know, in our minutes and, and show that we've had like meetings to discuss the business and the strategy and, and whatever. Cause that's what we're doing. Like so often we forget that like those aren't, just little conversations exactly. they are actually like they're almost like board meetings they're just exactly. between the two of us but that's what a small business looks like so exactly i completely agree Brooke. oh my gosh your story is so beautiful what the insights that you shared are absolutely incredible thank you so much but i do want to ask you what kind of advice do you have for mom entrepreneurs who are maybe just beginning their journey or who are in the middle of their journey and looking for their heart's work, like what can you tell them to give them some encouragement? I would say um, just continuing to take the next step 
is key. Like, don't get so discouraged that you're just going to stay in one place because it's so easy to do. It's so easy to get overwhelmed with all of the kids stuff, with the spouse stuff, with friends, with whatever it is to kind of forget whatever it is that you've kind of got in your mind or that you're kind of like, I really want to do this thing. Mm -hmm. Well, you don't have to have it all figured out. You don't have to have it all planned out just to figure out what the next step might be. Um, you know, if it's wanting to do, you know, a podcast or a show like this, figure out what, like, what are the five tools that you have to have and buy the first one and then like plan out when you're going to invest in the next one and, you know, start writing out an outline of what topics you want. You know what I mean? Like just the little things, you don't have to have it all figured out to do something. Um, that, and I would also say that, you know, definitely take the time to really reflect on what it is that you want to do and why you want to do it. I know people talk about the why a lot, but I really mean like make it more personal. Like why is it going to be rewarding for you and what is it going to do to help serve others? Because really it, it doesn't mean anything to you personally, unless it's making a difference somewhere. So what, what is it that you're doing that can serve others? And then are the decisions that you're making, are those little steps that you're taking, are they, fulfilling that? Do they line up with whatever that is, with that purpose that you've set out there? Are they able to serve what your needs are and others at the same time? So is purchasing that software platform, is that getting you a step closer to that? Or are you getting off track? Like, are you jumping too far ahead? Is it just that you need to start networking with people on Facebook or that you need to start an Instagram account or whatever it is? Like, Start really thinking about what those little things are and are they fulfilling that purpose? Um, Because I think so often and so easily I get off track because I think there's 5 million things to do. And, um, you know, first of all, I got to tackle them all right now. Exactly. But stepping back and seeing, you know, and there could be a lot of different things. It could even be like, I know nobody wants to talk about money, but let's talk about for just a second. Like sometimes you have to decide like, So maybe the microphone or the software platform is just out of your financial reach right now. That's okay. You can still network for free on Facebook. Or for me, there are some days where I have to step away from social media because I need to work on finding advertisers, which I Mm. hate and I'm terrible at. But in order to further the magazine, there has to be money coming in. Otherwise, I have to go back and find a full-time job in healthcare to pay the bills because I'll be honest with you right now, Belong is not paying the bills. And so there's a short period of time that I have to kind of flip things around. So I have to be making decisions that are serving my family as well as my audience, as well as myself. Like it's fine. That's where I think the balance when it comes down to balance really comes in is what are those activities that I'm doing on a day-to-day basis? And are they working me toward that goal of being able to use Belong um, as a tool to help women but that also fulfills me and provides, uh, you know, provides financially for my family. Is it doing those things? Because if it's not, then it might not be something that I should be spending my time on right now. Oh, that is so good. But here, let, can we talk a little bit? I know I was, I was about to close. But can you talk a little bit about the heart's work equals no money? Like, the thing is, it's not necessarily no money. But it's not that when you start your heart's work you're not necessarily going to have a legitimate business where you can balance everything out. Like, and how do we cope with that? How do we make it work in the long run? Yeah. Um, it's, you know, it's funny. I 
all of these questions, they, I was working through in my mind because the question I get asked a lot is like, how do you just start? And as I started thinking about that, like I was running through like a bunch of blog post ideas. And of course they like, they keep like branching off. And one of them was exactly that. Like, first of all, can your brilliant idea make money? And what do you do if it can't? That was like the follow-up post that, what do you do? There's a fuzzy in my face. What do you do? totally link to that. Yeah. What do you do if your brilliant business idea can't make money? And then you, you really do have to make a choice, right? Like, is it, if it's something that you're really passionate about and that you know you're meant to do, then you're going to keep figuring it out, but you may have to do something else in the meantime. So for me, I may have like, and to be, you know, I, I keep it real and I keep it honest. I'm still working in, in doing healthcare consulting on the side to help pay the bills while the long is building. So, and for a while, the full first year of Belong, I was working another full-time job on top of that and building a healthcare consulting business. So I essentially had three jobs and my family. So like, as far as, you know, answering that question of like, what do you, you know, how do you do it? What if the money's not coming in? Well, you have to really make a choice. You have to make those choices and you either have to find something else and stay with it you know, something else that can pay the bills because the bills have to be paid. Absolutely. But it doesn't mean that your idea is crap. Like that's exactly. the other thing. Don't give up on it just because it's not making money right away. Exactly. People think that belong is like raking in the cash. It is not. Like, let me assure you that it may, it's one of those, again, it looks pretty from the outside, exactly. but the reality is, is that people have to buy the magazine yeah. and like a $10 magazine isn't going to pay for my family to survive in Southern California, unless we're selling lots and lots and lots of them. So then we need advertisers and other ways, right? Like, so it's, it's being creative and thinking about whether the idea that you have could have other potential income sources, um, or maybe you're doing something else for a while at the same time, or maybe it's just not the right time yet. So maybe you start building it but you're not using it to count on it for income at that time. Like it's just kind of stepping back and like doing that reality check and thinking, Hmm, you know, maybe, maybe my kids need to be my priority right now, but this idea is like, I'm not letting it go. I'm not letting it go yet. I just don't have the time and resources yet. I love that so much. Oh my goodness. And for the record, like I do the same thing. Mompreneur show is not ranking in the cash either. And I have a few business marketing clients that I'm working with. So like, I feel like Brooke, we're like totally doing this together as far as like doing the same thing is like really doing a hard work yep. and then um, doing stuff that will actually pay the bills. So I Well, think- and it's the same reason why I'm driving magazines to the distribution exactly. center because it saves me like $1,500, which to a large company is nothing, right? Like why yeah. would we waste our time driving 20 minutes? Well, yeah. that's a lot of cash. Like yeah a lot of cash. And that's the reason why I don't have staff yet. And I know that's a whole other topic, right? Like, but that's the reason why I don't is because my mortgage needs to get paid. So if that means that I have to stay up till two in the morning, packaging magazines myself, well, that's the way it's going to go for right now. So, um, things change and they evolve, but sometimes the dirty work is the dirty work. And sometimes we have to modify our dream just for a bit. And Brooke, I gotta say like, I'm so happy that you 
continue to press on and continue to spread this message of belong because I know that it's touching so many women across the world. I know it's touched me and if it's touched me, it's touched so, so many others. And I know that there will be a time, there will be a day when you will be ranking in money. It's just a matter of time. So I'm so thankful that you came on. Thank you for saying that. Sometimes it's, it's, it sounds so silly, but sometimes it's nice to hear that other people believe in the work that you're doing. Absolutely. So as an encouragement to other women, I think that that's something else that we need to remember is that when we have the opportunity to, to genuinely speak encouragement and truth like that to other women, like, Hey, you're on the right track. You're doing amazing things. Keep at it. Like, Sometimes it can make all the difference to that woman. And it, the money sometimes doesn't matter. It's the fact that people yes. believe in what you're doing and that, like you said, you're touching people and Amen. you're inspiring them and you're keeping them going. Like sometimes that's worth something more than a check in the bank. Now, is it paying your bills? No, but it keeps you going and keeps you from giving up. And sometimes it's so easy to just give up because we're so harried and frazzled by kids and work and everything else that um, it's important for us to be able to encourage one another. So thank you for saying that. I really do appreciate it. Oh, Brooke, thank you so much. And you have encouraged me and so many of us watching live um, and so many of us who are who will be watching the replays and, and on the podcast that you know, the entrepreneurship is not something that you have all planned out and just do right away and, and ranking money. It's it's a journey. And I love that it, it's what you're doing is not what a lot of people are brave enough to do. So I appreciate you so much for answer, you. answering to the calling of your life and doing this. Thanks. Thank you so much again for being here and for... Loved for, it. For and any us. questions anybody has about you know the inner workings or whatever, I'm always happy to try to, I mean, I don't know anything. Like I know bits and pieces, but I am always willing to be open and share any part of my journey that could be helpful and insightful to other people. Thank you so much, Brooke. I really, really appreciate you. Ladies, oh my gosh, this is amazing, mind blown, and I'm so encouraged today, and I hope that you are too. You know, heart's work is not necessarily something easy to do or something that will bring you a million dollars a year. It's something that you're put on this earth to do and something that doesn't rank in money, but it ranks in dreams. I mean, it encourages, it inspires. And what Brooke is doing is absolutely incredible. Like I highly encourage you to go to Barnes and Noble and get this, um, issue. I think if you go today, you will still be able to get version six, um, issue six. And if you go in on Wednesday, you'll be able to get their most recent issue is a number seven. And you know what? This is like the most perfect thing to keep on your coffee table and to come back and read it again and again. And I even spilled coffee on mine. You can barely see it, but it's there. But I'm like, you know what? It's just a representation of that. I actually read it and I love it. And I had coffee with it. So thank you again so much for joining us live please join us over on iTunes. We have our episodes go over there every single Wednesday morning. And so if you missed part of this episode or missed this whole episode, go ahead and over to iTunes and just, um, iTunes, 
uh, podcast app and search for Mompreneur Show. We'll come up, subscribe, leave a review if you love us. And again, thank you so much. I hope I will see you live next Monday at 10 a.m. Pacific, 1 p.m. Eastern right here. And you know, this is the show that helps you win in business without losing at home. Thank you so much for being here and I'll talk to you later. Bye-bye.